In Training with Watson Cook. As Christians, we're all in training to grow in our walk with Jesus. No matter if you have been saved for 90 years or if you're like me, new in your relationship with Jesus. God's Word is so powerful. We should have a hunger each day to dive in and train ourselves to live out His plan for us. So join me as I've been called to share my story and what I've learned through my short time in training. Welcome in. Thanks for joining me on In Training. I'm a little late again getting this episode out, so please forgive me. And while the lateness, if you will, um, is not directly tied to this message, this message is to me as much as it is to anyone else. I needed to hear this. I needed to study this. And I have no doubt that's why God led me to the book of Haggai as I started preparing for this episode. When we wake up in the mornings, where is our focus? Is it on our job, our chores, our appointments for the day, our hobbies, something fun we're getting to do that day? Where's our focus? And who provides all those things for us? God provides all those things. Do we ever start things, whether it be a project or maybe a spiritual journey? It can be anything. But do we ever start something and then get off course or lose focus and then wonder why life gets hectic or why things maybe don't go as positively in our favor as we think it should? Sure we do. What does God tell us to do in that situation? He tells us to consider our ways. Just like he told the people of Jerusalem over 2,000 years ago, We're going to look at the book of Haggai and primarily focus on chapter 1. And the time here is right at 520 B.C. Jerusalem had been destroyed by the Babylonians. The city was in ruins. The temple had obviously been destroyed. And the people of Jerusalem had laid the foundation to begin rebuilding the temple. But what happened? They lost focus. They placed their priorities elsewhere, and eventually the progress of rebuilding stopped. The people suffered in their personal lives. Because of this, they suffered in their harvest. And God used Haggai to relay the message to the people that the focus has to be put back on him, on his temple, his house. And that message is, while there is always work to be done, physical labor, there's always work to be done, there's always work on the heart to be done. And that work, the work on the heart, is to be done daily. God tells us, examine yourself daily. So starting in Haggai chapter 1, verse 1, In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, The word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. The time of year given here lets us know that most of the harvest is finished by this point. And then verse 2, Thus says the Lord of hosts, and this phrase, the Lord of hosts, It emphasizes the Lord's universal rule, that He is the leader of heavenly and earthly armies. 
Thus says the Lord of hosts, These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Verse 3. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet, Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses, while this house lies in ruins? God is saying, instead of rebuilding my house, the temple, you have put your focus on making sure you have comfortable personal dwellings. And here I want to go back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 22, verses 13 through 15. Woe to him who builds his house by unrighteousness and his upper rooms by injustice, who makes his neighbor serve him for nothing and does not give him wages, who says, I will build myself a great house with spacious upper rooms, who cuts out windows for it, paneling it with cedar and painting it with vermilion. Do you think you are a king because you compete in cedar? Did not your father eat and drink and do justice and righteousness? God is saying, don't put yourself first. Don't put your wants first. Put me first. Back to Haggai, verse 4 again. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Then verse 5. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Six, you have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. You have sown much, but harvested little. God says, yeah, you, you worked hard, but you worked hard for yourself. And I have not blessed your crop because of your preference for personal comfort over the rebuilding of my temple, my house. And he tells them why in the previous verse. In verse 5, he says, consider your ways. Continuing with verse 7, thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. 8. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build a house, that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. Verse 9. You looked for much, and behold, it came too little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. In this one verse, we see the word house used three times with three different meanings. We see home, when you brought it home, meaning a place to store your goods. My house, because of my house, the Lord's temple that lies in ruins. In his house. He busies himself with his own house, one's personal dwelling. Here, God is explicitly laying out the misplaced priorities of the people. Their priorities are on their own house, their own dwelling, not on God. And he continues in 10. 
Therefore the heavens above you have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. 11. And I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, on what the ground brings forth, on man and beast, and all their labors. In verse 10, therefore, shows the link between the disregard of the temple's ruins and the drought, going back to verse 9, because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house, therefore the heavens have withheld the dew. Therefore the earth has withheld its produce. Therefore I have called for a drought. God uses Haggai to clearly, leaving no doubt, give the message to the people of why their circumstances are the way they are. And what does he tell them? Consider your ways. And it gets their attention. The final three verses of chapter 1 look at the obedience of the people. Verse 12, Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. And when it says the remnant of the people, it's talking about the same people addressed back in verse 2 where it says, These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. It's talking about the same people. And the people feared the Lord. In Acts chapter 9, verse 31, when Paul had come to Jerusalem, it says, So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. The word church, that can refer to one church in one city, multiple churches in multiple cities, or the entire world of Christians as one church. What this is saying is, the church came together following Paul's conversion to Christianity. They had peace. They were built up just like the people of Jerusalem coming together after receiving the message from Haggai. And fearing the Lord does not mean fearing the final judgment, but fear as in godly awe or fear of disappointing God. Looking at verse 12 again, The remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. Verse 13. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message. I am with you, declared the Lord. 14. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the twenty-fourth day of the month, in the sixth month, 
in the second year of Darius the king. We see God's promise, the great promise of assurance in verse 13. I am with you. He is letting them know that in this great task, they are assuming he will aid them. He will be with them. And in verses 14 and 15, what a great example of divine prompting and human response. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of the people. And as it continues, and they came and worked on the house of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord was moving in the people and the people took action. And then chapter 2 of Haggai goes into how God will provide aid in the rebuilding of the temple and how he will bless the people because they have come back to a God-centered lifestyle, telling them in chapter 2, verses 18 and 19, Consider from this day onward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider... Is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. Do you think they ever wondered how much they would have been blessed had they not lost their focus and put themselves first instead of God? Wondered if they wouldn't have suffered through the light harvest? The same goes for us, right? Now, yes, we're going to face tough times and we're going to face suffering, but where does God tell us to put our focus? Who does he tell us to put first? And he tells us that if we put our focus on him and place him first in our lives, he will bless us and guide us through those tough times. And he tells us, When we've lost our focus and our priorities are out of whack and we wonder why things aren't going the way maybe they once were when struggles seem to be upon us, when we go through frustration after frustration, he tells us what? To consider our ways. Dear Lord, thank you for the blessings you do give us, for the instructions and examples in your word that Teach us that things really can be as simple as one, two, three, when we put you first, when we give you the glory, when we put our full faith and trust in you, Lord, that you will take care of us, that you have a plan and that your will will be done. And for us, Lord, it's as simple as giving everything to you not trying to navigate this life on our own, in our ways, but, Lord, considering your way. Lord, I pray if someone listening needed this message as much as I did, I pray that spirits will be stirred and action will be taken to glorify you. Lord, I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray you are able to take something from today's show and use it to strengthen your journey. Wherever you may be in your walk, know there is always room to grow in your relationship with Christ. I'm Watson Cook. Thank you for listening. And remember, we are all in training.